Welcome to Treasures of Truth, a daily broadcast from Monday through Friday, where we encourage you to come and study the Bible with us. Treasures of Truth is a ministry of Treasure Valley Baptist Church in Meridian, Idaho. Your host is Pastor Rick DeMichael. This week, we're airing a message entitled, Come and Dine. In this week's message, Pastor DeMichael encourages us with the reminder that Jesus has extended the invitation to come unto Him, not only for salvation, but with our burdens, our worries, and our cares. When we leave the cares of this world at the foot of the cross and choose rather to dine in the riches of His grace and mercy, we are happier, more fulfilled, and more useful to others and to God. We pray that today's message will be a blessing to you. If you would like to order today's message, stay tuned until the end of today's program for a phone number and address where you can order a copy on CD. And now your host, Pastor Rick DeMichael. And I want you to go back to John chapter 13 because there's something very interesting that Jesus did with Judas, to Judas, toward Judas. I, I think it's one of the more underappreciated and one of the greatest acts of grace during the earthly ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 25 and verse 26. Verse 25, Then they, he then lying on Jesus' breast saith unto him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, He it is to whom, not just someone here that's eating, that could have been any of the twelve, but he it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it, and when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to who? Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. All right, to dip the sop with the host of the feast. And, and the sop was, well, the way they ate, they typically ate meals that we would call stew. And, and it would be in a bowl. Now, sometimes in a, in a real classy situation, you'd get your own bowl. But oftentimes it would be a common bowl. And you'd get, you'd get uh, a piece of bread that we would call pita bread. It was a little bit thicker, but it wasn't, it wasn't as thick as our, our sliced bread. But it would be, it would be uh, thinner than that, but thicker than pita bread. And, and they would roll it in a half roll and use it to scoop the food up. They didn't use knives and forks and spoons. And they would, they would scoop out, and that would be dipping, and, and, and they would, that would be the sop. And, and for the host of the feast to honor a guest, to make them the guest of honor, he would take, he would take a, a, a brand new fresh sop, a brand new piece of bread, and dip the choicest morsel. Now, all of us know on a plate, whether it's chicken or steak or stew or pizza, there's always the best piece, Right? The best piece of pizza. I, I, I tell you what, I can tell you which is the best piece of pizza at 100 feet. Now, now you steak guys, you could tell which is the best part of the steak at 100 feet. I, there's a part of the steak that's, you, can, you look at it and you say, that's the best, or part of, of the stew, or whatever the case may be. That, and, and he would scoop that part of it up. And he would either hand it to that guest that he intended to honor or literally put it to his mouth for him. And what was Jesus doing here? Jesus was making one last appeal to Judas, one last appeal of grace toward Judas. Don't do what you're going to do. I don't suppose you've ever 
accuse the Lord of inequity in that respect. But do you ever wonder about God's long-suffering sometimes? And, and here is this man that he knows is going to betray him. Here is this man that he knows has already plotted to sell him out. And, and he, this one last act of grace, an appeal, don't do it, Judas. In the end, our Lord, knowing not only the countenance of men, he could read those things, but he knew the hearts of men. Finally, he said to Judas, what thou doest, what? Do quickly. Yes, our Savior was the Son of God. He was sinless, but he also had emotions too. And here was a man that walked with him for three and a half years. And they had eaten together on many occasions and worked together and spent time together. And he knew this man was going to betray him. And I believe it broke his heart, but not so much for what it did to him, but for what he knew was going to happen to Judas. And what thou doest, do quickly. It was an act of grace. I want you to look at one more portion of Scripture. Go to Revelation chapter 22, and we'll close. Come and dine. Come and dine. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 12. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and offspring of David and the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. If you look at verse 17, you have no less than four invitations, and you could argue for five. The last chapter of the Bible, one of the last things that God has to say is, come and dine. A tale is told about a group that existed who called themselves fishermen. And lo, there were many fish in the waters all around. In fact, the whole area was surrounded by streams and lakes with fish. And the fish were hungry. Week after week and month after month and year after year, those who called themselves fishermen met in meetings and talked about their call to fish. They also talked about the abundance of fish and how they might go about fishing. Year after year, they carefully defined what fishing means. They also defended the fishing occupation and declared that fishing is always to be a primary task of fishermen. Continually, they searched for new and better methods of fishing and for new and better definitions of fishing. Further, they said, the fishing industry exists by fishing as fire exists by burning. They love slogans such as, fishing is a task of every fisherman. They sponsored special meetings called Fisherman's Campaigns and the month for fishermen to fish. They sponsored costly nationwide and worldwide congresses to discuss fishing and to promote fishing and to hear about all the ways of fishing, such as the new fishing equipment, the fish calls, and whether any new bait had been discovered. These fishermen built large, beautiful buildings called fishing headquarters. And the plea was that everyone should be a fisherman and every fisherman should fish. But one thing they didn't do, however, is they didn't fish. In addition to meeting regularly, they organized a board to send out fishermen to other places 
where they were to fish. The board hired staffs and appointed committees and held many meetings to define fishing, to defend fishing, to decide what new streams should be thought about. But the staff and committee members did not fish. Large, elaborate, and expensive training centers were built whose original and primary purpose was to teach fishermen how to fish. Over the years, courses were offered on the needs of fish, the nature of fish, where to find fish, the psychological reactions of fish, and how to approach and feed fish. Those who taught had doctorates of fishology, but the teachers did not fish. They only taught fishing. Year after year after tedious training, many were graduated and given fishing licenses. They were sent to do full-time fishing, some to distant waters that were filled with fish. <clears throat> many who felt the call to be fishermen responded. They were commissioned and sent to fish. But like the fishermen back home, they never fished. Like the fishermen back home, they engaged in all kinds of other occupations. They built power plants to pump water for fish and tractors to plow new waterways. They made all kinds of equipment to travel here and there to look at fish hatcheries. Some also said that they wanted to be part of the fishing party, but they felt called to furnish fishing equipment. Others felt their job was to relate to the fish in a good way, so the fish would know the difference between good and bad fishermen. Others felt that simply letting the fish know they were nice, land-loving neighbors, and how loving and kind they were was enough. After one stirring meeting on the necessity for fishing, one young fellow left the meeting and went fishing. The next day he reported that he had caught two outstanding fish. He was honored for his excellent catch and scheduled to visit all the big meetings possible to tell how he did it. So he quit fishing in order to have time to tell about the experience to other fishermen. He was also placed on the fisherman's general board as a person having considerable experience fishing. Now, it's true that many of the fishermen sacrificed and put up with all kinds of difficulties. Some near, lived near the water and bore the smell of dead fish every day. They received the ridicule of some who made fun of their fishermen's clubs and the fact that they claimed to be fishermen yet never fished. They wondered about those who felt it was of little use to attend the weekly meetings to talk about fishing. After all, were they not following the master who said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men? Imagine how hurt somewhere when one day a person suggested that those who don't go fishing were not really fishermen, no matter how much they claimed to be. Yet it did sound correct. Is a person a fisherman year after year if he never goes fishing? Folks, I know this. A lot of our efforts to get people to come and dine are not going to be successful. But someone who fishes 365 days of the year always catches fish. Let me encourage you this morning. Keep your line in the water. We want to thank you for being with us today. It is our hope and prayer that today's program was truly a blessing to you. You've been listening to a message entitled, Come and Dine by Pastor Rick DeMichael. In this week's lesson, Pastor DeMichael has revealed how Jesus has sent out that all-important invitation to come to Him. Christ died for our sins, and in doing so, He offered everyone an invitation of free life and an invitation for a fuller life when we place our faith and our trust in Him. This world is full of disappointments, stresses, and failures, but thanks be to God that we can come and dine at His table whenever our souls are weary, and we will find rest for our souls. Life is indeed a gift from God, and the Bible tells us that our lives will be more effective and more pleasurable 
If we choose to lay aside the trust we have placed in this old world and place it in the great hands of Jesus Christ, where there are pleasures forevermore. And as we mentioned at the beginning of the broadcast, if you would like to order a copy of today's message, CDs are available for a suggested contribution of $5 each. Our address is Treasures of Truth, Care of Treasure Valley Baptist Church, 1300 South Terry Avenue, Meridian, Idaho, 83642. Our phone number is area code 208-888-4545. Our webpage address is www.tvbc.org. Treasures of Truth is a ministry of Treasure Valley Baptist Church. We welcome you to our services on Sunday at 9.15 a.m. for Sunday School, at 10.30 a.m. for morning worship and preaching, at 5.45 p.m. for Bible preaching and teaching, and also on Wednesday at 7 p.m. for more Bible preaching and teaching.